This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 150 of the TNA Cross the Line podcast. I am Bob Conning Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, it is the go-home show before final resolution. Dude, I can't believe this right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. We're about to see the first pay-per-view of 2005, which is only going to lead to some even bigger pay-per-views and a lot of first times, including the first uh, final resolution. So it's shaping up to be a pretty damn good show. And I wasn't sure. I didn't really – when I think of big shows that I like, final resolution doesn't usually come to mind. So as we're seeing the build for this and the matches are coming together, I don't remember this at all. So it's feeling real good to me right now. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Final Resolution 2005. Well, that's what I mean. Like, when do you, you know, I don't want to watch it. Now, this, I feel like this is a show with, with all the context in it is like, oh, it's just shaping up to be pretty good. Now, if you just like pulled this off a shelf, I feel like you'd look at it and be like, there's some good, man. like there's an ultimate X and yeah. um, stuff like that. But like, a lot of it's story driven, like the Raven Eric Watts thing, like, mm-hmm. okay, now, is that the most exciting match for me? No, but with the story involved, I've got more interest in it. Now, if you just put it in and threw the match on, it'd be like, why am I watching Eric Watts and Raven? Right. I think, even, that, I think that's a great point, that a lot of it is story-driven. Even the three-way. Like, okay, yeah. we like those guys. But now, it's mostly from last week, really, is where we, we climaxed of, like, hold, oh, this is going to be good. But if you just threw it in, it's like, okay, we like these guys, but this is very random. But now we're seeing how it's building. So I I feel like Final Resolution is is very story-driven, which is good. Well, yeah, I mean, it gives the matches a, more of a purpose and meaning. And I think, like we were talking about at the end of last week's show, the uh, Elimination Triple Threat match has got us much more interested in it. Now, again, mm-hmm. and to make your point with it, if you had gone to Best Buy or FYE or whatever and bought the DVD and then popped it in, I'm sure there's going to be, uh, you know, video packages to explain stuff. But to get the continuity week after week, I think it is just going to make the viewing that much better. And for a lot of shows that I review, whether it be pay-per-view or whatever, like I usually don't have the full context of, like, TV or something. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely excited though. But um, let let's I actually want to get right into this one because uh, uh, I teased it last week. Yeah, you teased a bunch of big time notes, and I, I was just uh, scrolling. I've again. been waiting a week to find out. I was just scrolling, and I was like, "Oh man, we got." I don't even know what I want to talk about first. 
But let's cover what happened last week. We're going to talk a couple notes about last week. Hopefully, I'll get those all out of the way, and then we'll talk about some really good stuff. And then I still have stuff during the show. So it's going to be a good week here on the TNA Crossline podcast. So You would say um, that this week's episode is more of a storyline episode. It kind of is. <laughs> Compared to last week, where we went a little bit shorter because we didn't really get – we were really action-based last week. This week, we got some story. We got the behind the scenes, the news, the rumors, everything that you guys hopefully really enjoy about the show because it's uh, my favorite part, really, to get this background of um, a lot of the stuff we're watching. Uh, So on the January 7th, 2005 edition of Impact, uh, we saw the debut of Chris Candido, and I think it went pretty damn good. Uh, but he did lose to AJ Styles in five minutes and 17 seconds. But I would say a very good first showing and also a very good opening match to Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we saw Petey Williams in a non-title match uh, defeat Andy Douglas in three minutes, 53 seconds. And that one they played very interestingly. They did uh, they avoided the Canadian Destroyer best they could. Um, they both got Scott Demore and Chase Stevens involved. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, as we were talking of how do we feel about a tag guy right now fighting, uh, I think it actually worked pretty well. Then we saw Bobby Roode defeat Chris Saban in two minutes and 58 seconds, and that I really liked the finish of this match. Uh, first off, solid match. Two, two of the best that I think ever come through TNA. Uh, but Daniels, uh, Christopher Daniels, was on commentary for the first three matches here, and he tried to get involved in this one. He brought a chair into the ring, and then he left it as he got essentially chased away and Bobby Roode hit a uh, lariat from behind Saban went face first into the chair of course that allowed him to get the win really well done really good then we saw Conan in singles action a rare singles action I'd say for Conan here in TNA uh, with BG James and Ron Killings ringside and he defeated David Young in two minutes and five seconds after he trashed David Young (laughs) for for like a minute about his losing streak which is was the thought kind of interesting and then we saw a not-too-great-man-event, unfortunately. Uh, Dustin Rose and Jeff Hardy defeated Dallas and Kid Cash in 4 minutes and 46 seconds. Wish we wish we left that one off the show. Uh, yeah, that event was horrible. Um, Dallas, did you know that Scott Demore is like dating Giselle Shaw or whatever her name is? You know, I just saw that, and I wasn't sure, and I'm still not convinced yet, and I was going to ask you after the show. Okay, go ahead, sorry. No, that's fine. I, I also was trying to figure that out because, I, yeah, I didn't know. So, Like, is that a good idea to have a guy that you're dating be your boss and then, like, you're... Well, are we sure they're dating or is it just... Now and then, four years and going strong, aging like fine wine, love you forever. Yeah, that's dating, right? That's got to be dating. <laughs> There's no... How long has How she been else? with Impact? Has she? Maybe it's like, hey, I'm loving my kind of... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was. I did not expect that. So, I thought Trey McGill and Jill were dating like six months ago. Was that an angle? Wrestling ain't real, doofus. Yeah, I, I literally just read that. I think that that was. <laughs> I think that they're more just friends, though. But whatever. I don't. What do? Why do I care? I don't know. Uh, this is just Twitter's weird. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, right, it really is. Um, I just caught okay. my eye, and I was like, what the fuck? Right. Um, a couple other things that we saw. We saw a training video with Jeff Hammond and 3 Life Crew. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I have a note about that. Yeah. Um, we He's also going to end up wrestling, isn't he? Probably. 
Potentially. Um, we also saw uh, Raven get caught in his wobblies there. Uh, Eric Watts caught him. He lined a DDP. Um, there was a beatdown DDP and Eric Watts made up. The classic, Ooh. he's standing behind me, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and then we saw the segment we also talked about uh, already that we really enjoyed where Jeff Jarrett was essentially confronted by all three men that are going to be in the match. And there was a huge pull apart. Um, he accidentally hit Scott Hall. Kevin Nash almost lost his mind. And then, of course, later in the show, we didn't even get a celebration at the end of the match, really, before we no. saw Kevin Nash and Jeff Jarrett screaming at each other um, backstage at the Impact Zone. So, uh, some good Are stuff. You, did you not mention the big segment? Hold on. Hold on. What was the other big segment? Titan. Oh, good dude. Oh my god, how could I forget? The dude? vignette ti- promoting. First off, Bob, Bob, it's tit- tit- Titus. Titus. Sorry, my dog Titan. I know, I know. It's Titus. Titus. Yes, that's right. The former. That's right. Titus, not Titus. Ryan Wilson, or some of you may know him as Mr. USA. (laughs) (laughs) Which blows? I've never even heard of that. In Japan, you may know him. I think it was zero one. Yeah. Um, Which I think is just. I love that. I love absolutely love. What what are the chances that the Mr. USA thing in zero one is a knockoff on Hulk Hogan's Mr. America? Uh, very high. I would say. That's what I would think too. Yeah, I'd say very high. Uh, you know, I'll, um, well, let me just get kind of get into. It. I just was reading something, and I was like, "This we probably should have mentioned last week, but I didn't since it doesn't really, doesn't really apply to what we were talking about this week." But, um, yes. Yeah, so Titus, he's going to be coming. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll see if he makes it in a match on TV. He also, in by the way, the <sighs> vignettes did not have a mask on, and originally right. he was masked. I mean, he looked, from the quick glances, he looked shredded. Yeah, he did. More so than as Ryan Wilson with the red shirts. Right. And and the shirts, and yeah, I mean, that didn't help their situation. But right. no, I totally agree. Um, We didn't talk about last week. This was actually, I think, from two weeks ago. But uh, Roddy Piper uh, in Storyline has replaced Terry Funk. Remember that? Um, who, by the way, never actually was never. used in his role or worked for the company in the past year. Because he had like one or two appearances. Um, and that's on the championship committee with Harley Race, and the rarely, or who was rarely used, and Larry Zabisco, who hasn't been used as of late either. Apparently he's um, going to be used as like this troubleshooting ref, um, which is like this term from the 70s. Uh, where in the territories for big match, they would bring in an outsider ref, usually a tough ex-wrestler. Because the feud has theoretically become too wild for regular refs, so that Piper would kind of be like the mm-hmm. middleman. So I thought that I don't hate that idea, but also I hate that idea. I'm not a fan of it. What match? What is the story that's going to be worth that? <laughs> uh, it, it could Nash could and Jarrett. Nash and Jarrett. Nash and Jarrett. Okay. But here's yeah. the thing with Piper, like when he does. I feel like he's done troubleshooting. Yeah, he did. Like with Brett and Goldberg and stuff. He usually physically gets involved. Like, oh, the heels. Well, I think that's I'm gonna punch you in the face. But like, I hate that because if the referee gets involved, he's negating his whole purpose. (laughs) Other people getting involved or something. He's getting involved. Totally agree. (laughs) Um, another thing that happened on last week's show. Um. 
Johnny Fairplay's back. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. with Trinity, and they were put together there and did backstage stuff. Um, so that's happening, and we'll. I think I have more notes about that. Either next week, let's see what happens. This show. I think there might be more of that. I can't believe that you know he. I think it was like a one year deal or whatever. They're really trying to at least use him semi. Mm-hmm. You know, regularly just to justify the contract, I guess. But that's, I think, yeah, that's unreal. I cannot believe that he's still making even a cameo appearance in 2005. At the very least, a cameo appearance. I know. Um, in the building, there were signs uh, such as "Free Ron uh, Nimi." Or is that how, how Nimi? Yeah, Nimi, yeah. You know who I meant. Which, by the way, is the guy we've talked about recently who Fairplay pressed battery charges against. When he allegedly hit Fairplay in the parking lot um, of a bar in June, so people had free, free Ron signs essentially, um, and I didn't actually notice those, but they were there. Now we might I, see I, them more on this episode. It's the same right. crowd, so um, they were apparently right in front of the camera. Also, uh, Kenny King and Hawk Young Young Kings of Tough Enough fame were at the show in the stands. And apparently, uh, Youngkins was going wild in front of the camera. Now, I don't know who he is, so I might have just not even noticed. But I Okay, I do know. Okay, that's funny you mentioned that. Okay, I know who Hawk is. Okay, and at one point during that Tough Enough season, he was seen as, like, the, one of the favorites to win. Hmm. I recently, and by recently, like, a few weeks ago, because NWA Florida or, or uh, IPW, I think it's IPW, they have a YouTube channel, and there's a shit ton of matches. Like, Jeff Jarrett's match on is on there from, like, 2003 or whatever. Wow. Well, Hawk had a match for Florida, and I am not exaggerating when I say it may be the worst wrestling match in professional wrestling history. And then afterwards, he goes, I'll be back, and, like, whatever. And then I looked it up, and then he was never brought back. Oh, my God. So there's that. Um, Hawk, had, he had a good look. I, he might have got hurt during Tough Enough, too. I can't remember, but... Um, that does not surprise me. I wonder if we'll see him on camera or something. Well, yeah, let's try to we'll try to notice him between Hawk and Kenny King. I'm curious. I mean, if he's going wild on camera, he must be on the hard cam side, right? Or opposite of it, or whatever. So, right. Um, it's also uh, noted, and I even pointed out during the show, they didn't use any local job guys. They only used a small crew that you can see costs being cut again. So this is well, which is interesting that Bob noted. Well, why would you pay? him 300 versus 100 dollars, but i think it's i think it's um contract wise because maybe they would have used them in a different role in the show anyways you know i don't know yeah but their contract thing is it's paid per appearance i know but i feel like they still would have tried to use them on the show at some way anyways so because even any even if it's a backstage segment you're that's what your rate that's what i mean so yeah um, the big angles were Raven bragging to DDP that he had turned Watts against him and was controlling Watts, of course, as we mentioned. Watts heard it, found out Raven was lying to him, causing uh, problems, and went after Raven. They end up hugging. And then Dave says, why not, since DDP had laid out Watts in every step of their feud. <laughs> uh, Raven and Watts was added to the pay-per-view. Uh, Tanae interviewed Jarrett, turned into that big brawl with Hall, Nash, Brown, DDP. Jarrett accidentally hit Hall and teased uh, Hall, Nash dissension with Jarrett. And they're also working this two-week uh, Chris Saban versus Daniels program where Daniels' role is a heel who is the most talented guy never to hold the X Division title. And, of course, he cost Saban the match, which is um, adding to the match they're about to have on today's show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty exciting stuff there. Let me see what other notes I have about last week's show before we get into the good stuff. 
And there's a lot of good stuff. Hold on one second. Okay, yeah, we talked about this, uh, Jeff Hammond. So the latest celebrity idea angle is to have announcer Jeff Hammond wrestle. Now, the working idea is for the February pay-per-view to coincide with the start of the NASCAR season. To have Hammond, the voice of NASCAR, team with one member of three live crew against Michael Shane and Kazarian. Now, of course, they started this angle with a brief segment on the show where Hammond was training with three live crew. And Shane and Kazarian made a bunch of NASCAR jokes at him. Uh, and then later in the show on commentary, we didn't really um, hear much because we were talking about uh, Hammond went off on how they disrespected the NASCAR fans who loved the X Division. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny, but that's disappointing because you know that Jeff Hammond and whoever teams up is going to beat Kazarian and Shane if that happens, right? And that sucks because I like Kazarian and Shane. I agree with that. Um, everyone, including Rhodes, uh, ended up high on Candido. So this is good. So he will uh, end up being a regular here. That's awesome because he, yeah, that's good. He's he had a really good showing with Styles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rhodes had seen him uh, do uh, while doing indies for a while here and felt that uh, he was clear headed and in good shape, and that uh, word was going around the taping as well. So he's uh, very excited. Well, uh, that, it's good to know that Dusty is paying attention for his IWA mid self bookings. There you go. You know, 12 people in the crowd that he saw that Chris Candido was uh, level-headed and doing well. Exactly. Um, After nearly losing his job, uh, Jeff Hardy arrived several hours before the taping started. Uh Uh-oh. That's right. Now, interesting to note, uh, Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett are close these days, so he seems to think that he uh, essentially can arrive late and, um, you know, there is a feeling that Hardy knows he can't get fired. Uh, still, he was punished by being taken off the taping originally. This was two weeks ago when he arrived or after it started, and they were like, we're not using you. Okay, I think I have one more last week note, and then I got some good stuff. Oh, shit. Um, so the booking plan for TV was to build the idea that Jarrett and Nash for 116 uh, for Vinyl Resolution as they went off the air with the pull apart, which we saw. Right. Uh, this will most likely not happen on that show. <laughs> Br- uh, apparently, at this time, uh, Brown was the plan to win the three-way at first, but changes can be made as of late as the day of the show. The idea, either way, Rhodes wants people to think that it's going to be Jarrett and Nash, thinking the match would be the best as far as getting buys. Uh, and Dave says, actually, if they guarantee Jarrett will lose to Brown, that would probably be the best. <laughs> right. Uh, Rhodes is uh, with the mentality that just because Jarrett and Nash have the names that they mean more pay-per-view, uh, more on pay-per-view than Brown. Uh, but Dave kind of goes on to say, you know, that it's a different uh, time or if they had any kind of casual audience base uh, that he kind of thinks that that would change. But uh, and he kind of breaks it down a little bit and talks about WCW and all this stuff that I'm not really getting into, but pretty uh, interesting and i think that's very clear from what we saw already that it's definitely the direction they want you to think we're going yeah so dusty's basically saying that i'm trying to bait and switch my audience i want them to think that they're going to get nash and jared but nope you're going to get jared and brown yes definitely see it's shit like that where like, that's how you that's how you can lose an if that's what you think the fans want and you're going to actively not do it. That's how you lose customer confidence. Mm-hmm. 
or a customer, you know, wanting to come in and, and watch your show. It makes right. that makes no sense. Yeah. No, definitely. It would be like um all right, like two thousand five Royal Rumble, right? It's the year where uh who won that Royal Rumble? Cena? Two thousand five? Yeah. Cena I'm, and Batista tied. They tied, but then they, they did it. I think Batista won. Oh yeah, it is. It's got to be Batista. Is it Batista? That... Isn't that the whole thumb? Yeah, yeah. Like, thumbs yeah, up, thumbs up. Yeah. Batista. Right. Yep. Yep. So that'd be like the WWE on all the television, being like, guys, Batista is probably gonna win the Royal Rumble, and then you tune into the Royal Rumble, and then like, Sylvain Grenier wins the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Sylvain Grenier. And you're like, what the fuck? Like you guys on the whole thing of TV were telling me that Batista was going like it was pretty clear teasing it with Triple H, and at the end of the show, it's like Sylvain Grenier won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> like what the f- no. Now, is that, is that a ridiculous comparison? Absolutely. But Sylvain Grenier was the first person to enter my mind. Jesus I was going to say Hardcore Holly, but then I, I pivoted. I wonder what Bob's been watching recently. Uh, well, I did, was watching 2002 WWE before we... Sylvain Grenier. But he wasn't even there yet. He was there in 2003. Mm, sure. It's true. He wasn't there yet. Uh, yeah, this is super interesting, though. And I'm, curi- I'm really excited to see what happens on this episode of Impact to... How how what else are we gonna do before final resolution? Out of the out of the three pay per views that we have gotten, uh, three monthly pay per views. This is the first go home show where I'm like, what's gonna happen? I do. I agree with that. I'm like, well, where are we going? Like with Turning Point, it was like, what? Not a big deal. And then Victory Road, you know, we had nine weeks or whatever it was. Before. Yeah. So we were kind of like just ready we for the This one, it was like they, last week they finally did stuff where it was like, yo, what's going to happen next week? Yeah. What? Okay. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, you'll be glad to hear then that um, apparently <laughs> these new time slots starting at the 4 p.m. on Friday, they're already causing problems because some West Coast systems carried an NBA game. Uh, so Friday at 4 p.m. Uh, it didn't air. Um, and it notice it notes that um, he believes that New York didn't carry the either replay show. Oh wait a minute! So it airs 4 p.m. West Coast, which would be seven I, Eastern. So there would right. be an, there would be an NBA game because it's four. It's technically well. No, I think it's 4 p.m. like everywhere. I think that's the way it is. Just like 4 p.m. Well, because 4 p.m. in yeah, but New I don't... York is 1 p.m. in like L.A. Yeah, but I think they might just air it at 4 p.m. anyways. Like 4 right, p.m. But... local time. Right. But then 4 p.m. in L.A. is 7 here. So there would be an NBA game at 7. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So at 4 o'clock... Which would be seven in the East Coast. There could be a game that's on that net, on that channel that would preempt, be preempted or whatever. Right. No, I see what you mean. <clears throat> um. Okay. Let's just get into the this stuff. Is I'm going to start with this one because I think this is the one I kind of, more or less want to kind of get out of the way. Um. Well, the pro pro wrestling uh, steroid issue reared its head this past week. Oh God. When uh, Hector Garza was arrested on January 3rd at Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston. Oh, no. 
and was found with a small quantity of antibiotic anabolic steroids in a strange case. Now, we're going to deep dive real good into this. <laughs> so, hang this on tight. This is the one you wanted to, like, skip over real quick? This guy well, is getting a push on TV, and he just got busted with steroids at the fucking airport. Well, because the, the other one is the more shocking stuff to me. This one's, like, a big... This is a big deal, and there's a lot to I talk about. I think this is... not. Yeah, I think this is actually a big deal. This is pretty big. Uh, and they they have a lot of stuff about it. So it's not that I listen. I think this is all good stuff, but like this one, it's like let's do it. Let's just get this this one going. Let's start with the banger. Well, they're all bangers, I think. But anyways, um, Garza, who's thirty five at this time, he was en route to Orlando for the taping uh, the next day when he was actually flagged in a joint investigation between the Bureau of Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the Houston Police Department. And while details were not confirmed, it is believed that the biggest problem in an immigration situation and not is the immigration situation and not the misdemeanor steroid possession charge. Although it is the latter situation that resulted in him spending at least 10 days at Harris County Jail near Houston. Now, it is believed that he did not have proper working papers, although those in TNA were of the belief that Armando Quintero, who was in charge of that, had taken care of some uh of that sometime back. Now, we've talked about it before, but Garza has been flagged coming across the border before for TNA. It was an issue months back when TNA was regularly bringing in Team Mexico for the X Division Cup shows because all the uh, Mexican wrestlers were coming in on tourist visas. Mm-hmm. TNA and Booker Dusty Rhodes, or sorry, yeah, TNA and Booker Dusty Rhodes, had just started a major push for Garza as the Latin sensation babyface a la 70s promoters. Uh, this push was going to include scoring a pinfall on Scott Hall at the final resolution pay-per-view on January 16th. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess they do have that. They do kind of have a few going on. Right, right. right. Um, where it went from there uh, was a question. As the first Hall versus Garza match on television wasn't good, and some including apparently Roos, uh, Rhodes, sorry, geez, the R, I'm used to saying yeah. Rhodes all the time, apparently Rhodes were questioning whether Garza would make it to the level they wanted. And the fact that Garza was pulled from the pay-per-view says they may have this may has, have blown his opportunity. The second flagging attempt to work in the U.S. while on tourist visa generally makes it impossible to come across the border again for a long period of time. That's a very important note. Uh, and this actually apparently... Um, ECW had this problem with Super Crazy uh, as well. So just as like a really? comparison. Oh, like you know what? Yeah, that... Uh, and even Benoit had issues in ECW. I do remember there being a period of time where Super Crazy was not in ECW. I think that was like in 2000. It was uh, several months. So he was there... I think it was like eight months or so that he was not mm. not getting... He, I guess he probably couldn't come over. Right. So, um, once again, I got a little bit more on this. Uh, Garza was charged with possession of a controlled substance of less than 28 grams while they detained him at first for reasons not stated, but believed to be the immigration issues. They found a small amount of uh, primobolin and, oh geez, decadurabolin, two anabolic, anabolic steroids uh, on him, as well as some pills, which uh, turn turned it into a Houston Police Department case. Uh, He did not have a prescription on him for any of the drugs. 
the amount was small enough that he was still only charged with a misdemeanor and it wouldn't affect his immigration status. Still, he was advised against posting a $1,000 bond to be released from jail because of the fear or because of fear or deportation. Others mm-hmm. experienced in legal workings in Texas say that they stay in jail and uh, failing to post bond to keep from being deported makes no sense as whether he ends up being deported or not from the situation would have nothing to do uh, with if he posts bond. Garza has a hearing scheduled for January 12th in Harris County on the charges. And Dave kind of does like a history about steroid stuff, which I'm not really going too much into here. But um, the laws are different in Mexico where you can buy drugs over the counter without a prescription. After Garza was arrested, his brother, Humberto Solano Jr., who wrestles as Humberto Garza Jr., um, mostly around Monterey, faxed Houston police a prescription from Dr. Luis Banda Robles. Yeah, whatever. Of Monterey from uh from basically from the two steroids um, for treatment of a knee injury dated December 29th. However, Dave says in real comedy, the patient's name was listed as Hector Solano Garza as opposed to his real name of Hector Segura Solano. So they used his wrestling name on the prescription. It's it's different in Mexico. It's different in Mexico. That's just all we got to say about that. Use, you can just use your worker name. And so apparently that works. No, or, are I, we, or are we trying to say they're fudging it? I think that's kind of what it's kind of getting. At. Like, did the brother write down his worker name and not his real name on the facts to try to prove it? Is that what we're getting at? I kind of feel like that's what we're getting at. No, I don't know for sure. I don't want to speculate, but that's the vibe I'm getting from it. I could see it that way, and I also could definitely see them just giving the doctor the worker name, and the doctor being like, okay. Now, I think um, I'm going to just look here live. At least wrestling-wise, this appears to be the end of Hector Garza in TNA. I wonder if he got, like, banned. If you're, if I'm looking... company. Um, If I'm clicking on some names, it looks like Eventually he does. Now, I don't know some of these without clicking on every single one of them. And that's 2011. I see a flag that I can like click on and be like, oh, yeah, that's a U.S. company. So okay. it's a while, dude. Yeah, it looks like most of these are all Mexican. Yeah, these are all Mexico companies. That surprises me that they didn't. Uh, maybe, you know, lack of trust. You know, you want to push the guy and he gets busted for steroids. It's. Um, yeah, dude, it looks like he might not return to the U.S. until 2011. And what company is it in 2011? Um, I'm, I don't know if it's the first one, but it looks like it is, uh, Texican Lucha Libre Productions. And this is some event in Laredo, Texas. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it looks like almost like a, like they brought the guys over for that. Right. But literally, I'm trying to, I'm trying hard to see if any of these other ones are, I mean, that might be his literally his last appearance, like in the United States. I mean, I'm not on, finding on TV. Well, not even on TV, just on like 
in a wrestling, like wrestling ring. Like wrestling in the States in 2011 might be the last one. Yeah, because all of these are all Mexico. And of course, he he unfortunately uh, passes away in 2013. But he had to have gotten like banned or something. Yeah, it's not not good, unfortunately. So I don't know if we'll hear more about this, and I guess that's kind of why I wanted to say let's just get this one out of the way. But it's a pretty big deal. They were going to try to make him. I actually really enjoyed Hector Garza. I think he's really good. So it's kind of disappointing that this is uh, the, this is it. If I had to guess, I mean, I'm sure we'll get like, some kind of follow up. Yeah, I think maybe eventually. Also, I just want to point out that Garza Jr. is his nephew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. Mm. Uh, okay, so moving on to another one. Here, let me give you a shorter a shorter banger quick first. Um, uh, well, on January 3rd. Uh, okay, hang on a minute. So oh. with, with Garza, he claimed that he... Okay, so he was deported back to Mexico. Mm and barred from entry for a number of years, effectively ending his career in the United States. There you go. Garza claimed that he did not know the steroids were illegal in the United States, and he was humiliated by the guards. Oh, man. That's, uh, that's, that's crazy. So, yeah, so 2005, I, I bet you he was at least barred for five years. At least. Oh, at least, yeah. Crazy. Um, well, on January 3rd, Johnny Swinger has asked for his release. Oh, I know. Uh, but at press time, has not heard anything back from anyone in the promotion. Now, his contract calls for a nightly pay deal, and since they've used him only sparingly over the past five months, he hasn't made much. Uh, he has to be either used as a full-timer or let out of his contract. So Dusty Rhodes told him on December 20th that he was going to break up the NYC and push him, but then he asked, was asked to lose to Dustin the next night. Uh, Dustin Rose. So he figured that there, it was just writing on the wall. He apparently has 15 more dates left on his contract, which expires in September. And WWE won't talk to him until they see a letter that officially releases him from contract. So. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Just use the guy full time. Come on. Well, and just in case you think that sucks too. He's not even asked. Well, I guess Dusty promised that he pushed him. Well, like, that's that shit. He didn't necessarily ask for a push. He just wants to be used. Yes. Um, Sanjay Dutt and Amazing Red's contract are also up soon. <laughs> We're falling apart at the seams. Okay, so I could see Red not getting renewed. We haven't seen him in Wicked Long, I feel like. That's, yeah, I could see him not getting renewed. Sanjay probably should. But they both also, uh, th- this is from Alvarez, basically he thinks that TNA needs to sign them so that WWE doesn't grab them for the Cruiserweight division. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think Red would be really good in that Cruiserweight division. Not that Sanjay wouldn't, but... Right, no, I agree. I think they both would be really well. Okay, this is our last long-form um, one here. Before we get get into the show, I think I covered everything else um, majorly that I wanted to before the show starts. So we talked about last week how um, Abyss's contract was ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, he's officially done with the company at this point. Um, 
Yeah, with uh, bad feelings on both sides for how it ended up playing out. What? He's done. No contract. He's done. Um, It all went down here on January 4th in Orlando like this. This is this is kind of crazy oh, stuff. Shit. This is crazy stuff, dude. <laughs> I'm telling you. I don't uh, think I ever knew that he was gone. Yeah, he's done. Wow. Which it kind of goes into another note too, which I guess I could just tell you now that I said that. Basically, he no showed a uh, WWC show because he was booked through TNA, and since he's done, he just didn't want to go. So he like no showed a Puerto Rico date. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Bob Ryder, who handles contracts for the company, had forgotten to inform Abyss of his contract expiring, and the company was going to exercise its option to roll him over for another year in time to keep it from running out. So the contract expires on January 30th, and it appears that the company had given written notice maybe six to eight weeks in advance to have it roll over. They had to do that. They didn't. Right. They- Ryder has a lot of heat on him for this oversight, particularly since he and Abyss are friends. And Abyss often stayed in Ryder's home when in Nashville. The two are not roommates. Uh, or sorry, yeah, the two are not roommates, as reported in some circles. Some people say they're roommates, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Now, the company was well aware John Laurinaitis had found out and expressed interest in negotiating with Abyss when he was free and clear. Abyss did come to keep TV and gave notice, which he had to do if he wanted to leave, saying he was willing to job on the way out. So look at that. What a good guy. See, he knows a bit, man. Yeah, he's and everyone says it, dude. Jeff Jarrett says it all the time that Abyss is like a great guy and he knows his shit in wrestling. So good guy. Dave says that he's heard several different versions of what happened next, but Jerry Jarrett, not Jeff, at least not at first, uh, negotiated. Jarrett asked Abyss how much he wanted to stay, and Abyss asked for a raise, believed to be about a thousand dollars per show from the five hundred that he had been earning on his last contract. Uh, Jarrett presented the number to Dixie Carter, and she approved it. When Jerry went back to Abyss, he said he couldn't sign right then and there. He needed a few days. Jarrett felt since he gave a figure that they agreed to it that he should sign. Uh, They presumed that he didn't uh, because he was waiting for Laurinaitis to make him an offer. And then Dave kind of goes into his background here um, about his working in the Indies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But Jerry told him that if he didn't sign the deal right then and there... The deal was off the table. Now, Bess is the type of person who is naive when it comes to business matters at this level and also is very concerned with what people think about him, mm-hmm. He rec- which understandable. Uh, he recognized TNA and Mantel gave him his first U.S. break and made him a star to a degree and wanted to show loyalty. Now, other wrestlers he spoke to about the situation felt he was too concerned at that stage about showing loyalty. And at this point in his career, if WWE wanted him, he needed to take the offer. Abyss ended up mad that they would hardball him with the offer, uh, with the offer taken off the table if he didn't sign right at the moment. Uh, he complained, and f- he felt Ryder dropped everything to make sure Harrison Storm, when WWE wanted them, got a raise and a promise of getting the tag belts, but Ryder didn't even want to meet with him. In the end, Abyss wouldn't sign. Jeff told him that if he didn't get a job or make it to WWE, then TNA wouldn't take him back, which left Abyss furious when he was telling the story uh, to various wrestlers at the show. Yeah. Uh, when Jarrett and Dust, when Jarrett told Dusty Rhodes about this, they all made the, uh, the call that Abyss was done at that point, even though he agreed to job out. This all took place literally right as the taping was starting. The show started 20 minutes late, and Abyss was, Dave says he believes, in the first segment, uh, if not an early segment. 
which was actually changed as the show was being taped. Rhodes made the call to pull Abyss from the shows and pay-per-view, and his name should not be mentioned on the broadcast since he was heavily written into both the show with angles to build for this uh, presumed TLC match with Jeff Hardy, and this made three tapings in a row. So that are causing issues, right? So we had the Savage walkout, Jeff Hardy arriving late, and uh, now Abyss being pulled. So this is three tapings in a row where the tapings had to be redone just as they were getting started. Uh, the Hardy versus Abyss uh, was pulled at the last taping, which we noted last week, but put back on when the decision was made to keep Hardy. Now, because Park used the Abyss name in Puerto Rico before TNA, and Dave says, I've got no idea if TNA even registers the names of its wrestlers like WWE does, then WWE could have him do uh, the Abyss gimmick. Now, knowing the way WWE uses handles things, the belief that anything that didn't come from them can't be a good idea. Uh, they'd be probably against that happening. Well, I don't think Abyss did anything wrong. I don't either. I mean, if you, you know, he asked for a raise and they're like, okay, cool. Well, I'm not going to sign yet because I want to see what I, what my offer is from the competitor. Right. So I don't, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong. If I was John Laurinaitis, I would have done whatever I had to do to get Abyss. And Abyss should have just, he should have just went. Should have just went. Yeah. It's, uh, this is pretty crazy though, isn't it? it? Yeah. It is absolutely crazy. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Yeah. And, but I, I think he makes a great point because Bob Ryder did make sure that AMW got whatever they needed. Right. You know, and did so quickly. There was no, like, oh, hey, they're gone. Oh, their contracts are over. Right. So. Uh, really crazy stuff, man. A lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, but I'm really curious to see where this heads. I think um, to a degree we know where some of it heads, of course. But just to hear in the background of this, I mean, I, I never knew. Uh, I mean, I you know, you always hear the story of, like, they were interested in Abyss at one point uh, to, like, fight The Undertaker and all this kind of stuff, but. I had always heard that it was 2006. I thought it was 2006, too. Now, that may be the case when we get to there, but. Right. Yeah. At least at this point. a year, a year rollover or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, really interesting, though. Pretty crazy. And I, I still got more. I don't. Those are the bangers. You guys, you guys got the bangers right up front. But we do have some more stuff um, that we'll talk about during the show as well. Well, I think out of all those bangers, I'm most devastated by Johnny Swinger wanting his release. I knew you. I knew you'd really hit that one. That one hit you hard. That, there. that is very disappointing. But you know, all good things must come to an end. Um, unfortunately, I don't think the NYC got back to their former glory. I think that if they if they realigned Simon Diamond, not Pat Kenny, Simon Diamond, and Johnny Swinger, I think they could have pulled them right into back in the exhibition, and it would have been great again. Especially because it was different audiences. You had your pay-per-view audience. Now we're on Impact. Yeah, we've been watching it all, but I also wouldn't complain. <laughs> I, uh, I absolutely agree with... Uh with um, Simon Diamond and Swinger just going back together. That, that They should have never have split them up. 
Especially because they really didn't amount to anything. Right. I mean, Diamond was promised a push, and his push was a few with Big Vito. It's crazy, man. Sometimes well, the definition of push is different for people. I guess. Yeah, for real. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I got, man, to kick us off here. Uh, as as we should be aware, still at this point, no explosion notes. Um, I didn't say it last week, but I think it's just kind of a known thing. Our go-home show, and I still got some rumors of other people that I still haven't said yet that might come in the company as far as notes and more notes about people that we talked about last week and some other things. And dude, I got so much more to talk about. I can't wait. But we'll talk about that all during the show. Uh, all right. Well, then I guess um, we can get into this go-home show. I'm so freaking ready, man. Final episode before final resolution, which I want to point out. The final resolution name for January doesn't make a lot of sense because final resolution probably should be like December. Right? Don't they move? Don't they move it eventually? I think they do. To I December. Think, I think they do. I it's just kind of funny. Yeah, like final res, like final resolution. January because is then the first resolution. Because then spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Then the Genesis kicks us off. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Which makes sense. It's the beginning of it the year. It does make sense. You have your yes. final resolution at the end, and you start with Genesis. Right. See, like that's See. good shit. Also, I'm gonna say TNA pay per view names really fucking good. I'm just saying. I was for the most part there. Yeah. I right. like them. Great balls of fire. They never did that. I'll tell you. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. No, I I agree. I think yeah. I think most of these names are pretty solid. So. All right, let's get into the January 14th, 2005 edition of TNA Impact. I'm going to count down from three. When I say play, that's when you're going to want to hit that play button as well. And if you want to watch along with us, it's on Impact Plus, and it's probably in your own personal collection as well. So here we go. Three. Oh, by the way, the runtime is 44.21 approximately. Oh, a shorter one again. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Three, two, one. This is TNA. I like this little intro. I just want the song to change on the main one. And of course, Bob, we are going right into some highlight packages from last week, which makes sense. Uh, specifically, that big confrontation with everyone from the three-way and Jarrett. Mark TNA booked it. DDP came in, was nailing Jarrett, and Monty Brown ran down. Here comes Kevin Nash in his big red t-shirt, clobbering on Monty Brown. The the music to this sounds like a knockoff of Just Incredible's ECW music. You you say that often, so maybe they just like that song a lot. It's it's snap your fingers, snap your neck that he used in ECW, but it sounds like it's just I think it's, it's pretty freaking close. Well, Dale Oliver is a uh, very good. And so he's probably sneaking some little things in there. And then here's the segment from at the end of the show. This is my world. It's Planet Jarrett. And now, from stage 21, Universal Studios Orlando, Florida. Yeah, same fucking song. Yeah. I'm not changing our song. Not to this. No fucking way. Absolutely not. 
Same video. Like, they got to do something here. Come on, guys. I have a feeling it's going to be a while. I'm a little nervous, but our song is so cool. I'm not changing it. It used to get me so hyped. The final countdown underway. Now, Bob, look for those guys. Kenny King and the uh, Hawk. There he is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't Fine. Oh, you know something I meant to mention on last episode that I noticed, and they'll probably show it during the show at some point. On the hard cam side, there is a final resolution sign. Actually, it's right there. Yeah, right I the saw top. They, they showed it. And I think that they're just going to take the date off the top of it. And then that's like going to stay up for final resolution. Kind of how at like turning point um, they have the turning point. Sure. It's like a little preview of what we're going to see. Final resolution on pay-per-view. I love this embroidered red button-up impact shirt that Don West has on. It's the same one Jeff Hammond wears and stuff like that, but so great. I Jeff Hardy's in action. Dustin Rhodes. Oh, they're talking about final resolution. Okay. Yeah, but definitely. Are. So they're saying that Jeff Hardy will be in action at the pay per view. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, Brian Piper, special referee. Is a Scott Hall. Triple threat elimination, man. They just ran down that so quick, I think I missed half of it. But we are going to go over the card at the end of the show right. of what we got before our next episode. And I hear Team Canada song to kick us off here, Bob. Oh, Canada. Eric Young. Bobby Roode ringside with Scott Demore as well. Did you see uh, that Eric Young is potentially returned to the WWE? I did see that. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Is he going back as a performer or like a coach? I think it. If they're heavily, I don't watch it, but what I see, it seems like they're heavily teasing the return of Sanity with like Nikki Cross and. Uh... And honestly, like that was a good group. So. And with Triple H too, yeah. Um, and here comes James Storm, Chris Harris ringside. So we get a little uh, sneak peek of our tag team title match. But in singles form. In singles form. That's right. I feel like whenever they do these, it's always James Storm. It's never Chris Harris. Yeah, that's a little weird. Because you, would, I would have thought that Chris Harris would get the singles rub since he's had, you know, success in a singles. Right. Group. Well, uh, just so you have a, a little preview of what might happen in the future here, Bob. The plan right now is for Harris and Storm to win the tag team titles and then turn heel. Uh, and then possibly yeah. feud with Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian, who would actually be turning face. Huh. That's uh, interesting, right? That's weird. Yeah. Wait, they're kicking Bobby Roode and Harris out. They're saying you guys got to go. Well, yeah, they should be on the up and up. Okay, match has started. Rudy Charles, our, our referee during this one, and we are whipping. <gasps> Holy shit. Whipping Eric Young in every corner, and then one of them, he's literally flew over to the outside of the ring. And here comes James Storm, crossbody. Damn, dude, we are starting this one fast. James Storm is showing off his uh, X Division style here. 
Oh, Bulldog. Bulldog. He was whipped into the guardrail and stopped himself when he came back to do that Bulldog. This has been all uh, Cowboy James Storm here. Uh oh. Oh, got to put the hat on. Swinging noose, but. Oh, uh, it almost stayed on. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, threw it in the crowd. Uh, it's like a, Demore. It's like a $25 hat he's doing in the crowd. Wait, Scott why did Demore to stay out there? Uh, because he's a, he has a manager's license. Whatever. Scott Demore, who is uh, dating the talent that he... Um, we, the okay, of. there's a good chance, but I don't... Do we know? Like, That's do we just know? not a good idea. If she wins the knockout championship, I'm saying... I'm, just um, saying, I'm not talking out. speculation here. Um, Does she have a title match soon or something? No, she. I think she already had one. Okay. Uh, Bob, any indie notes on this match yet? Uh, there's none. What the heck? I know. I looked it up. And that's it. You know, the one time I look and nothing. We're trading blows. Boom, 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 boom. I wish we Here comes bounce off the rope. Come back, back body drop. Boom. We find the defendants guilty. Eric Young hasn't done shit in this match. He doesn't which means to. he's probably going to come back and win. No, I mean, I would assume... Whirly Bird. Oh, the Eye I of the Storm, assume... duh. Duh. He hasn't done that I, wicked long. I would assume that James Storm... Well, you just said that they were going to win the tag titles. That's the rumor. Right, that's the rumor. So... Remember, they were promised that with their new contracts, too, so... Right, okay. This is going to end in a DQ. Oh, Demore. Demore held the tights at Eric Young, so when uh, Storm went for that Hurricane Rana, it didn't work. So a tornado DDT attempt, but Eric Young just got sat back down on the top rope. And I was just Rudy Charles is just asking to get hit. <laughs> okay, that one was bad. Because <laughs> Scott Demore just pushed him. He had him up in a fireman's carry, and then they knocked out the referee. And here comes Demore with the hockey stack. Super kick. Come on, Eric Young. Hit the power driver. Nope. Oh, he's got the hockey stick. And right across the head. Did he even hit him with it? No. <laughs> not look like... Wait, Rudy Charles is magically up for the cover. Oh, shit. Eric Young won. Told you. Oh, wow. Fair play. There's the sign. Did you see the sign? Fair play fears Nemi. Right there. Oh, right there. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I have a know of I have a note about fair play, but we'll, we'll talk about You know, about I was going to ask about where was Chris Harris, and I forgot that they, he got ejected. Yeah. So that explains why he wasn't there to help out. Oh, we're seeing uh, Cash and Dustin Rhodes uh, backstage. A highlight from, he ran into him, hey, your old man works here. We saw this already, I think. Yeah, we did. Um, what's on that note, Bob? Uh, FSN has added another Impact replay to the schedule. So going forward, the show will air Friday at 4 p.m. And then they also have a 2 a.m. time slot for a replay and also the Saturday night at midnight replay. And they're not paying anything extra for these new these two slots, these two replay slots. In case you're oh, they, up at 2 a.m. or midnight and want to watch Impact. Right. They wanted uh, morning, right? Like Sunday morning? Or something? It was like a Sunday morning thing, yeah. 
Honestly, honestly, a Saturday at midnight isn't the worst thing. It might be better than fucking Chris Candido. He's at four. Chris Candido, another appearance. That's good. A lot of Chris's in this company. Right. Who's he fighting? Is this Dustin? Oh, geez. Is it Dustin? Okay. Dude, this is going to be a true test for me. Am I going to be behind Chris Candido here in Impact? Can he carry Dustin Rhodes in 2004? 2005. 2005. To a uh, a good match, because I'll be honest with you. Dustin Rhodes has not impressed me so far here in TNA. Wow. And I like Dustin, for the record. Yeah, you're shooting, though. I'm shooting. Uh, Chris Candido, back on January 8th. Uh, he retained the NWA Midwest Heavyweight Championship when he defeated Delirious. Where where was that show in? Like the place? The company was NWA No Limits slash IWA Mid South, so it was a joint show okay. in Iowa. Iowa. Okay. There's I have a note about something that happened the same day, but in New Jersey. Oh shit! About Can- for Candido? No, no, no. What's the show in New Jersey? Oh, I don't know. Uh, but I'll let you finish your notes, and I'll tell you. Well, that's all there is. Okay. Uh, well, apparently Jeff Jarrett worked a uh, a show January 8th in Wayne, New Jersey. and uh, Oh, that's an NWA cyberspace show. Well, he had his photo taken, shaking hands with Rob Feinstein, uh, which certainly made Jarrett look bad on the internet when the photo circulated, being that Jarrett, for a long time, has banned his talent from working for your honor because of Rob. I bet you he didn't even know who it was. I wouldn't be surprised. So this pretty much, uh, Dave says, that this pretty much confirms uh, from what we wrote from the start, that it was basically Jarrett and Ryder being mad because of how supportive Styles and Daniels were of Ring of Honor as a promotion while under contract. But you're probably right, actually, more, that he probably just didn't know who it was. Probably didn't even know. Back, body drop on the Back floor drop. to Candido. Yeah, okay. So as soon as you said Wayne, New Jersey or whatever, I knew it was a cyberspace show because awesome. the shows are in Wayne, <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah. That's great. I wonder who, I mean, I guess I could just look it up. Because there is a lot of TNA talent on that, on those shows. So I'm surprised it doesn't get, like, mentioned. Oh, fucking A. That's stupid. That he just lost like that. For a bulldog. No, yeah, that's, that's just so typical nepotism bullshit like he has a good like five minute match with aj styles and then the next week he loses to the booker's son in like a fucking quick match that's great oh you know the show i'm thinking of i think is february 5th but it's dude it's the wayne there's like no matches even documented for this january 8th. oh really uh here's the titus uh i reviewed the show though yeah for uh titus titus yeah um, not, well, not not my dog Titan. Right. Uh, well, uh, while we're watching this, because we can't really hear what they're saying, uh, Bill Barons, who apparently worked backstage at TV tapings, was told a few days ago after the tapings that he was being let go. Uh, this came after he Barons fu- took a meeting. Fi- fired him. Yeah. This came uh, after oh. he met, he had a meeting in Stanford to discuss helping with the WWE proposed Atlanta project. Uh, we've seen Cassidy O'Reilly come out, by the way. As I finish this note. Cassidy Riley, it says. Cassidy Riley, not O'Reilly now. Right. 
Uh, while Barons is believed to have not accepted the offer of the meeting, even before the meeting at the tapings, the vibe was that he wasn't going to be around much longer as he was negotiating business with the enemy. Uh. Here comes AJ Styles. Hey, you'll also be glad to know uh, that Dusty Rhodes is high on Cassidy Riley as well. So we'll see how this match goes. Really? Okay. Um. So I knew, so I did in fact review that show, that uh, January 8th, 2005, cyber, uh, cyberspace show called Fatal Attraction, where uh, Jeff Jarrett had that picture. Now, I'm looking through here, um, and I'm going to note, okay, so like Sanjay Dutt was on that show, and he wrestled Jimmy Rafe. Oh. Um, let's see here. Abyss, who I guess is no longer under contract. I guess. He wrestled uh, Mana, and those guys usually had, like, Oh, Cassidy attacks Styles. Shark Boy wrestled a guy named Ken Scampy in a fishnet fishnet death match. Okay, that's fucking awesome. I need to watch. What did you rate that? That match? Yeah. Uh, A star and a quarter. I probably will love it then. You probably would. Um, Also on that show, uh, America's Most Wanted, which are the the tag team champions in cyberspace, uh, wrestled Jeff Sherr and Matt Stryker. Oh, okay. Which Matt Stryker? The teacher, not the unibrow. And then the main event of that show was our boy, uh, cyberspace heavyweight champion Slick Wagner Brown, wrestling Michael Shane. Really? Yeah. Wow. I bet you that was pretty good. I well, I gave that match two stars. Well, listen, they all can't be winners, okay? I guess because you like two guys, it doesn't mean it's going to be good. I knew that I fucking reviewed that show. Since when does Cassidy have a lower back tattoo? Uh, yeah, that's new. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I've ever noticed I've that before. I've never seen that before. I can't believe this dude's getting this much uh, offense on AJ Styles right now. Well, I mean, he's clearly uh, really good. So. Oh, okay, wait. Let's see what Cassie, uh, Cassie Riley's been up to. Did I literally just click off his name? Nice. Uh, you are oh, he's mocking Styles with a taunt. Okay, so Don West just said, I would love to see Ultimate X, even if it was just AJ Styles and PD Williams. But you add Daniels or Saban to it, whew. we're going to find out who's joining them later tonight. Look at this. Look at this swing submission that he's got him in. Cradle submission. He just slammed his fucking... Oh, my God, he's slamming he's his face on the mat. So much for being a pretty boy. Uh, Cassidy Riley, he uh, has been working for USA... CW, which is United States Championship Wrestling out of Nashville, Tennessee. And if you want to watch some of those matches, head over to Brian Turner's VHS Rehab because there's some matches that have Cassidy Riley in it. Fantastic. Friend of the show, That's Brian what we Turner. call... Yeah, friend of the show. Um, most recently, uh, Cassidy Riley... I guess he's the champion. Okay, I'm not really paying attention. He is the champion of that. He's the heavyweight champion. And he lost to a guy named Doom by disqualification on January. Springboard back elbow by Cassidy. Cassidy Riley is about to be in the uh, Ultimate X match. 
Dude, he's kind of killing it in this match right now. Wait, is he wearing hot shot tights? Has HS so. on the back. He didn't wear those hot shots in TNA, though. No, he did not. There's also not something shoved in the front of him, but. Right. To enhance his uh, appearance here. Oh, oh big, big chop. Shot. Style, scoop and slam. That was probably pissed from getting his face slammed onto the mat. Big elbow, or knee, sorry. Big knee. Well, the knee is the elbow of the leg. I like that. Such a good point. Riley with the eye rake. That was a missed punch, I'm assuming. He just completely whiffed. Forms by AJ. Backs him into the corner. Into the ropes. No. Counter. Case of the gut by Riley. And we're going to go with a back suplex. But Styles is going to float over. Oh, grab them. Off the rope. Behind waist lock. Flex clothesline springboard. Oh. That's a nice oh. springboard. That was awesome. He, he won, won with it. With... Wow. Wow. He Dude, just that was good. Nasty Riley with his fourth finishing move. That is... <laughs> Not a good omen here for Mr. Cassidy Riley, but there's towel guy stuff. But here's the thing, you know what, Dallas? We, I mean, at least I've said it. Now, when he hits that move and he doesn't get a three count, he can have a reaction of like, "What the fuck?" Because he has one with it. Right. Hey. Oh shit. Raven just smashed Eric Watts with a trash can. Yeah, Eric Watts walking. Talking about wrapping around his finger, Colt Raven evermore. He hit him wicked fucking hard with that trash can. Holy shit. Okay, now... Six points of impact. It's back. Six points of interest. And look who's in the ring, Bob. DDP, Monty Brown, and Kevin Nash. Oh, okay. I thought it was three life crew for a minute. So did I. Oh, it is security ring, sir. Mm-hmm. Which one should I call you? DDP or Diamonddale's page? Come out of retirement. Former champ, three-time champ. What do I got to prove? So he said him coming here was not all about Raven. It was a little bit. This has become the NWA world champion. He's all about tradition. He's been a fan since he was eight. Funks, Rhodes, Race, Bethes. He wants Domino's page to be on that list. He feels better than he ever felt, and he's ready. Monty Brown's ready. Kevin Nash is ready. You've been chasing this title for a year now, Monty Brown. Calls him a double-A ball player. DDP starts laughing. <laughs> Kevin Nash is up to me. He goes, yeah, Kevin, I can catch, and I'm going to catch you. Yeah, Kevin Nash asked if he was a double-A catcher. And he basically was like, I'm going to catch you with a pounce. Yeah. You know, Jarrett should be saying, like, 
Monty Brown's more of a practice squad guy because that is the equivalent of what like a double A player would be in baseball. Hmm. Yeah, see. How do you call a starting? I would call them a practice squad guy. DDP's talking shit again. Whatever, Dallas. I didn't hear. So Bob says to me all the time. It's true. Kevin Nash. You own everything except the NWA World Championship belt. Yeah, tough road here, man. I don't remember Kevin Nash ever winning the WCW US title or TV title. They don't count anymore. Oh, shit, Kevin Nash. I'm making <laughs> clear. I'm here for the money. Oh, fucking Jeff Jarrett. I, I hear him. Jeff Jarrett's like producing this segment now. He's like, <laughs> shut your mouth. Look, he's up in the thing. And look, they're oh. trying to attack him, but the security stopped. Kevin Nash, see, they're really pushing Jarrett and Nash. Yeah, they are. Is that Jerry Lynn? Jerry Lynn. Holy shit. You know what? At least we know Jerry Lynn's there. Oh, there's Terry Taylor. Taylor. I will beat your ass. Jeff Hanneman is like, damn it. Polish it up. It's coming home to a real champion. That's what Nash just yelled. And now we're going right to, look at this, Johnny Fairplay and Trinity in Dusty Rhodes' office. We're looking for the clue. The list? It's in the box they didn't open. The one thing. They're looking over hay, bales of hay. Let's see what this says. Is it fair play? Who wants to stay? A final resolution on pay-per-view, January 16th. The game begins. Come ready for anything. One will go. Two will stay. Right, as Tracy keep looking at her boobs when she says two will stay. Trinity, why don't you just keep that? Johnny Fairplay goes, yeah, it's us. Tracy goes, what a bunch of idiots. Um, let me give you a note real quick, and we can dissect everything we just saw there um, as we're getting our next entrance, which looks to be David Young. Um, so the Johnny Fairplay situation is that his contract has apparently about a month left. Uh, Dave says, well, I don't know this is a fact. The strong presumption is that it won't be renewed. I would imagine that. And as we just saw and we saw last week, they do have some kind of angle uh, being built up with fair play. Trinity and Tracy, which there will be a survivor, like uh, like mm-hmm. vote where one of them will be voted out of the promotion, which seems to be fair play. Uh, fair play himself. Oh, he's fighting prime time. Okay. David Young versus Primetime. Uh, Fairplay himself has been told that it will be Trinity because they're getting revenge on her for blowing off the pay-per-view show. So we'll see. Uh, but with Fairplay's $100,000 per year contract coming up, uh, they'd be nuts to sign him up again uh, at that figure. And I can't see any other ending. That'd be absolutely insane. Speaking of, of insane, you know, Johnny Swinger could be a guy that's being used in the David Young position. All he wants to do is get used. That's true. 
I'd rather have Swinger in here than freaking David Young. Right. Uh, basically, uh, to kind of follow up on that, too, uh, Trinity and Tracy would apparently then continue the feud if fair play leaves. Although the idea apparently is more to have them as second wrestlers who fight on their behalf for a long time and not rush a match. Supposedly building a feud uh, between two guys Dusty has trained against the reintroduced Ron and Don Harris. Uh. I don't like that. David Young going for a quick win, but he's like, I was just close. Primetime says no. Um, and I have one more fair play thing I just want to get out of the way here, and then we can focus on this match more. But uh, Jeff Jarrett told fair play that he needed to drop the charges against Ron Nemi uh, because that's not how things are handled in wrestling. Uh, fair play claimed that the police are pressing charges and it isn't him any longer. Uh, Nimi's arrangement on the January 7th is that he pled not guilty on battery charges for an alleged June attack on fair play. The next step is pre-trial hearing on February. You know, I really hate that because on his podcast, Jared says that like, things were handled differently in the wrestling business. <laughs> I hate that shit. Please. Oh, you assaulted a guy or whatever? Wow. It's wrestling. The oh. way we do it in wrestling is we don't book him for a couple of months instead of, you know. Prime time up there. clobbering David Young and then hit like a mule kick, like a flipping back mule kick. And then he fell down on a snapmare. Dude, prime time's hitting David Young pretty hard here. This is my house. So how do you feel that they, they brought back Fair Play to just be friends with Trinity for like a hot second so they could just vote him out? <laughs> so it doesn't even sound like it's a match. It's like another voting thing? No, it's a voting thing, it sounds like. Oh. Back throwing oh. primetime out of the rink. Fuck, that looked like it hurt so bad. Into a cameraman, too. And the guardrail. The cameraman and the safety rail. I mean, I'm just so uninterested in David Young. This is incredible. Yeah, sorry, David. Oh, God. Oh, oh that He almost hurt himself on that moonsault. Going for the cover. Here's the, thing, here's the thing, though. It's not even really David Young's fault. It's just that when you're programmed to watch a guy lose... I know. 40 weeks in a row, mm-hmm. I mean, you're pretty much telling us what he is. No, I agree with that. He's like the Barry Horowitz of team. Play of the day. There you go. That's it. That should do it. That's right. The POD gets the win. Say my name. My house. Guys, we are 28 minutes, 41 seconds into this. Daniel Saban's up next, they're saying. Oh, wow. Wow. Which means I have and a half minutes. I need some decent time, probably. Good. I have more things I got to get through before that. So uh, we're going to be back on in England, Bob. They reached a deal with the wrestling channel to air Explosion, Impact, and pay-per-use, starting with Turning Point. Uh, Explosion will air on Monday, Impact on Friday, and pay-per-views will air on Sundays. Well, that's good. Okay, good. There's another high package. This is perfect. Um. Oh, you ready for another guy interested in the company? Well... Sure. Rikishi is apparently now interested in working TNA, particularly after somehow hearing what DDP is getting. 
Now, I don't know if there's anything to this or not, but Rikishi her DDP is getting five thousand to seven thousand dollars per week, and they had signed an exclusive TNA deal. Now Rikishi hasn't contacted TNA because when he was released, he was told he'd be brought back at some point, as long as he didn't go to TNA. Now he's realizing the WWE isn't bringing him back, so now he wants to potentially come here to TNA. Shane Douglas interviewing all of Team Canada here, including Johnny Devine. Would you, would you bring him in? No. Absolutely not. Why not? I personally, I don't like him. You don't like his stink face? No. No, as a kid, is it funny? Yeah, but like not like, no. You don't chuckle now when you see it in old videos? No. The only thing I chuckle at is maybe the reaction of the people taking it. The best one is when Regal takes it and he like barfs or whatever. Oh my god. That's good stuff. Oh, I hope you had a very joyous boxing day. Happy boxing day to all of our Canadian listeners. In two thousand five. In two thousand five. Ooh, they set in some goals for 2005. Now, remember, he did say they wanted the NWA title, and right now the only one without the title is Johnny Devine. I'm just saying. That's true. Two New Year's resolutions. One, to continue to spread our dominance. <laughs> and to come to terms with that uh, to come to yeah, basically that he to you know come to terms that Americans are inferior, and you know what, we are. We are. I get it. We're not better than anything. No. Here comes the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Bob, I have some interview notes from an, one that he did here. Hold on. Can't wait for him to shit on the company or something. Uh, he kind of does. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> notes from Christopher Daniel interview on the Extreme Mayhem radio show. Uh, he said that he got the fallen angel idea from Goldust, sort of. Um, he said that the homosexual oh. thing uh, got, always got a lot of heat, no matter what. And he figured a religious thing would kind of do the same thing. Now, the oh, problem, okay. he said, was few people wanted to let him push it as far as he wanted to. Which I think is pretty interesting. In, in reference to what? Like he wanted to probably yeah, get a cult. Probably more like that, yeah. And here comes Sabin. Hail Sabin. Uh, he also confirmed that Elix Skipper had been wanting to do the cage walk spot since the first AMW versus Triple X cage match, but held off because he couldn't figure out a safe way to do it. As if the one he did was safe. Um, and well, the final the, thing. The one in Nashville, that would have been real dangerous. Right. And the last thing that he said was that he'd still like to go home to Ring of Honor. Mm. Mm. Oh, that's right. The Fox box, if you notice, this is a 15 minute time limit. I think my only other. Uh, I, this might be my last note. Oh, no, I have two more. I'll just try to get out of the way here quick. Uh, IWA offered Banderas to TNA since TNA has made it clear uh, that they're trying to capitalize on the Latino market to be a babyface uh, Latin star. Now, Jeff Jarrett has apparently turned this down. Does not want him. Isn't that just um, a guy that we'll see later? Yes. 
And I think I have one final note. And uh, as we're in like an arm uh, hammer lock right now, um, Gunn is under Billy Gunn is under the impression he's coming in to team with Road Dog, and that Dusty will do a DX type group with Hall, Nash, and Sean Waltman. And Waltman, by the way, is about ninety percent coming back at this point. Um, others are saying that Gunn's role is far from certain. So it seems like Waltman will definitely be back. Billy Gunn, we're not sure of yet. So he's saying it'll be a DX group with him, Road Dog, Waltman, Hall, and Nash. Yeah. So you're just mixing NWO with DX? Yeah. And Daniel's on the floor. Here comes Chris Saban. Huge dive. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. He didn't. It looked nice, but he landed really hard on the ground. Yeah, I don't think he was caught really well. Our final commercial break. Bob, this is your opportunity to cover Indy Notes. Go! Oh, shit. You know what? There is one. You got her. So bad. Uh, January 8th, Christopher Daniels teamed up with a man named Excess, losing to AJ Styles and Kevin Steen for EWR in Quebec City, Quebec, Canada. And that show was Road to Glory. And the time for that match was 33 minutes and 59 seconds. And no, EWR, I'm not referencing the uh, the game. I know, that's what I thought about, too. I figured you did. Look at this. Choking uh, Saban on the middle rope. Almost. Oh, that's not really like that. Never mind. He's just choking him with his legs. Okay. He's like a tarantula. Yeah. I mean, he kind of was falling back like that, but. Yeah. Slamming Saban now. One, two, two. Figure four head scissor. There we go. Thank you, Tanae. Over the ropes. Over the rope. Uh, if you guys are following along, 35 minutes, 45 seconds. Back suplex by Daniels. That's, That's wrestling, wrestling, folks. Folks. I'm telling you. You know it. Knee drop. Yeah, so who would you put in the Ultimate X? I would put Saban. 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 It's not that I don't want Daniels, but Saban's got a very strong history in Ultimate X. And with Petey. Yeah, I just think it makes more sense. Actually, if he is in it, it's um isn't wasn't Styles in that one three way match that we had on like right before Turning Point, or am I thinking of someone else? Oh no, it's someone else. I think. Hold on. Styles was in Ultimate X before Turning. No, 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 no. They had a three way. Remember when Saban? It was Saban, Williams, and someone else right before Turning Point. Oh. Yeah, Michael Shane. Ah, shit. Okay, never mind. I was like, wait, are they going to have the same match? But Ultimate X. Right. There's Michael Shane. Okay, we're doing too many submissions now for me. Yeah. 
There's, it's being slowed down too much here. Just under seven minutes left in the show. And it's going to be so fucking close at this timer right now if you're watching the Fox box. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize if, They said with no more commercials, though, so. Right. Saving coming off the ropes. Gets caught. Death Valley Driver. Kick out at TNA. <sighs> I've never won with that move here in TNA, and I'm pissed. Again, just working on the upper body. Williams versus Styles versus question mark. We're about to find out in about six minutes. Ultimate X match. That should regardless of who goes in, it should be pretty good. Oh yeah. I mean I'm I won't complain either way. Yeah. You hear that? The best, yeah. the best X division competitor who never has won the title. Vertical suplex. The crowd's wicked loud again, by the way. Part of me feels like they're just they're kind of overdubbing it. Ah, uh, they might be. Actually, I think I had. I was trading for him, saving with a flurry of them. I don't need the fight Daniels. That stops that headbutt. Several headbutts. Who is this guy? Al Snow? This is ridiculous. I'll go stumbling down. Blocks of right hand. Blocks a kick. Insiguri by saving. Yeah, there is a bounce. I don't know. There is a note that I was going to, we'll elaborate on, on our next Impact episode, unless we really need something to talk about during the pay-per-view, I guess I could, but um, basically, it, he notes that the building was packed, the crowd was hot, but after the first taping, which, by the way, we're on the second, apparently a lot of people left, uh, enough so that they moved people around so that you could you know, see more people I here in the back. That seems to be a trend, though. I mean, yeah. Taping has the upper hand pop up. Power bomb. Oh, Sit down, power bomb. And if you're and if you're wondering, Dallas would not leave after the first taping. He would no stay. fucking way. No fucking way. I'd barely get up to get something to eat. Right, and if you do, you basically get like food poisoning. At the AEW show, the chicken nuggets, like they. Oh, I was sick. The before. tenders. They... I was sick before I even ate that though. That wasn't oh, the food's okay. fault. I was oh. had like some illness going around then. Oh, okay. Everything I ate, I got sick. I don't know what was going on. Leg sweep clothesline combo by Daniels, and that's not good. Anything I eat, it just goes right through me. So I try not to eat much. <laughs> Especially if it's green. If it's green, I'm screwed. There you go. Best moonsault Best ever. Moonsault ever. No. Oh, he landed on his feet. Saving in the corner gets the boot up. And tornado DDT out of the corner. Big move. Here we go. One, two, kick out of two. Think about what you're going to see January 16th. Oh, oh. spin kick to the midsection by Saban. 
Picks him up. Is he going for the cradle shock? Nope. Last rights? Nope. Angels wings. Let's see. Oh. Nope. Counter. He's got a counter for that too. Look at look at the look at that cover. That was nice. And that's a three. Saving wins. I don't know if I really thought he was gonna win. Wow. Because the way they've been talking about Daniels. But here's the thing, I don't hate that because now you continue on with the whole narrative that Daniels is the you know one of the best guys never to to win it. Wow, that's Styles Williams saving X, uh, Ultimate X. That could be really good. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there. Cleanly pinned him too. He he can counter the destroyer. He counters the angel's wings. Now he just needs to counter the Styles clash. I'm sure he will too. We're about to go off the air, but we have. We're some... gonna get a video package. Oh, okay. This is uh, P.D. Williams talking about the Canadian Destroyer. So, oh, here's our friggin' match card graphics. Yeah. Oh, it didn't finish. <laughs> it just like started playing. Really hyping the Ultimate X, which it makes sense. There it is. Boom. So here, here's our card, Bob. Uh, we got the Ultimate X, Styles, Williams, Saban. We're gonna be talking right here about that elimination match. The kings of wrestling. You would have thought that was the most devastating turn <laughs> in pro wrestling history. Kevin Nash was like, "What'd you do? You, you just decked him. It's not like you guys were feuding two years ago, three years ago." Screw you, Kevin. You screw everybody. Look, this is the Victory Road thing again. Barry Scott killing it with the voice over here. I bet you this is pretty much the same opening we're going to see at the pay-per-view. Probably, yeah, probably. Wait, late breaking news. Hector Garzik is no longer fighting Scott Hall. He had to find someone who hated him just as bad. Jeff Hardy. So Jeff Hardy versus Scott Hall is now on the card. Brody Piper is the special ref. Look at this. This is why you don't turn off the show early. Right. Look at that. We just got uh, a match right there at the end of the show. I lied. We didn't see the rest of the match card. I but, like how um, he didn't mention why Hector Garza wasn't wrestling. No. Well, Bob, what do you think of that episode of Impact before we uh, dive into our match card for uh, Final Resolution? I thought it was another good show. So did I. Yeah, I mean, I, it's getting kind of annoying at this point that uh, every show is like, oh, okay, that was good. But uh, but it was. I mean, I can't. Yeah, I can't see and say it was bad. Yeah, I'd say so, too. Um, yeah, I think it was good, too. I don't think we need to, um, you know dive too much uh in, into that I and mean, we will we'll we'll do a reminder on our next episode impact of what happened of course probably but um yeah. i I'm, I'm the only thing i didn't really like is the candido thing i kind of well that booking is bad i didn't like that I didn't this like Ca uh, cassidy riley and styles had a, a pretty good, good match yep. eric young james storm was hot right in the beginning prime time whoop david young's ass yeah 
And that last match was good, and now we have uh, Saban and the Ultimate X. Uh, no complaints for me. I enjoyed the Six Points of Impact segment to further hype up that elimination and the title match. Yeah, yeah good all around. Um, so, Bob, would you uh, like to uh, run down our final resolution card then? Yeah, I will. Now, there's a couple of matches that I don't think have been announced, but they're pretty much, it seems like I would, that these are just kind of like filler. Yeah, I think it we're safe to um, to announce this full card. Yeah, I'm just gonna announce this. Um, all right. So what we are scheduled to see, uh, we're, we'll see. Basically, the main thing here is that Jeff Jarrett will defend the world title. We don't know against who yet, but that will be the main event. Everything else. Here we go. Ultimate X for the TNA X Division Championship. P.D. Williams defending against A.J. Styles and Chris Sabin. The Tag Team Championships. Team Canada, Bobby Roode and Eric Young defending against America's Most Wanted, Chris Harris and James Storm. Triple threat elimination match. Now, again, the winner of this match will then challenge Jeff Jarrett in the main event. It's Diamond Dallas Page against Kevin Nash against Mountie Brown. As we just heard, in the last 18 seconds of the show, Jeff Hardy will be in singles action against Scott Hall with Roddy Piper serving as the special guest referee. Raven will be battling Eric Watts in a singles match. Kid Cash will be taking on Dustin Rhodes. And then these last two matches are basically these are like the filler. And they were like, these people are in like action. a bonus match. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Sanjay Dutt will be taking on Elix Skipper. And prime then, time. Prime time, excuse me. And then the final bonus match, I guess you could say, is that three life crew, Ron Killings, Conan, and BG James, will be teaming up to take on Michael Shane, Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels. Mm. A little so bit of bad a, influence going on. Yeah, it sure seems like it there. So. Um, Dallas, I am going to say that the majority of these matches, it's a, it's a nine match card officially. Um, so what, seven of them, there's reason really behind it. <laughs> it's pretty good. And then like skip or prime time in Sunjay, like I'm sure that'll be a decent match. And then depending on how Daniel, Shane and Kazarian, like if they control the match for that six man, that could be pretty good too. So I'm going to say that this is a very good start in terms of paper for 2005 pay-per-view. Yeah. My question is, can they deliver on it? I'm hoping that they can. Yeah, me too. Um, I I totally agree with it. The only one that's like a little random is the Hardy Scott Hall thing, but you know what? They've had interactions, so I don't even hate it that much. No, right. It still like works. Um, Yeah, man. I, I think this is like really good. Our main, like, the thing that sucks is I feel like the tag team title kind of gets pushed to the wayside because this elimination match thing is so big. But, mm-hmm. like, that is going to be really good, too. The elimination stuff I'm excited about. I, I am. I'm really excited about this card. I think it's going to I think it's gonna be good. And if it's not, that's going to really suck. <laughs> I know. I, know. I, I am actually looking forward to it. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't think... I don't think really going into final res- resolution that I thought that the, that the show without the context was going to be that good. 
but now with full context, I feel like the build has been has been pretty solid. Yeah, it's arguably and the I'm, best build to a monthly show yet. Right, and if I was like, if I was older in two thousand five and like really paying attention, I guess I know I bought Victory Road before, and I was kind of disappointed by that. But if I, you know, have the focus like I have now, I this might be something I would have maybe wanted to check out. Yeah, I could see that being a thing for sure. So. Well, man, uh, it's going to be really exciting. It, just two days. The episode comes on two days. Uh, I really, really can't wait to watch it. It's going to be really good. And um, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, man. That, I think it kind of wraps us up here. It does uh, wrap us up. To Final Resolution. Join us for our next episode. It's Final Resolution. The first pay- pay-per-view 2005. The third pay-per-view overall. We're excited. We're hoping you're excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it all comes to fruition next week. So until then, Odell Scribbly, I am Bob Hine Jr. And this has been the TNA Across the Line Podcast. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan!